Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast contains conversations about violence, death, sexual assault, and includes explicit language. Please take care while listening. Some mysteries stick with you. The theories, the what-ifs, the unknowns. I've spent the better part of this year trying to figure out what happened to two young women who vanished while on a hike in Panama. They had traveled to Latin America, where I'm from, to learn Spanish and volunteer with young children. But they never made it back home. The Panamanian government has their official version of what happened to them. But the locals, the people who really live in the small town of Boquete, Panama, where this story takes place, they have another darker tale to tell. And let's start from the beginning. Chris Kramers and the Sanfrone were two friends in their 20s who came to Panama in 2014. They were roommates who worked at the same cafe together in the Netherlands. They just graduated from university and they saved up money to plan the trip of a lifetime. Two months in Central America. Two months to hike, sightsee, learn the language, soak up the culture. They left for their adventure in March of 2014. They first landed in Costa Rica and then traveled to the islands of Bocas del Toro in Panama. They made friends and watched dolphins and starfish and danced till four in the morning. In her diary, Chris described a fairy tale island. The water is so clear here, super beautiful, truly a fairy tale island. I have never seen a place with such a beautiful coastline and palm trees. But when they left Bocas for the tiny Panamanian town of Boquete, their fairytale journey took a dark turn. Soon after arriving, the San wrote in her journal. I want to go home. I'm weighing over my head. I want mom and dad to hold me tight and tell me that everything will be all right. But I can't let them know how I feel now because I don't want them to worry. A few days later, Chris and the San would go for a short day hike and disappear. When they didn't show up for a tour the next morning, they were reported missing. Search parties were organized, and for weeks, the jungle was scoured. No sign of the missing women. Nothing. Not even a single trace was found. But two months later, their backpack appeared out of nowhere, miles downriver from their last known location. And along the same river, a few scattered human remains... The backpack was in remarkably good condition. The remains were not. Delicate electronics were covered in the backpack, although waterlogged, were still intact. But when investigators read the camera's SD card and looked at the photos, they found more questions than answers, including a series of around 100 haunting photos taken in the jungle at night in the rain one week after the women disappeared. The Panamanian government would eventually rule Chris and the Sand's deaths an accident. 
But the more you dig into the details of this case, the more things don't add up. It feels like an unsolvable puzzle with too many pieces, but you still keep trying to fit them all together. I first heard about this case while I was on R&R in Panama back in 2014. And right away, I felt haunted by the story. It's like some dark fairy tale you can't get out of your head. This is Jeremy Kreit. He's a reporter for the Daily Beast who broke the story for the English-speaking world in 2016. His eight-part series is among the most popular articles ever published by the Daily Beast. And those articles are the Internet's first stop into the mysterious deaths of Chris and Lasseam. But once the stories were published, Jeremy began to have doubts about his own reporting. So I found out I was lied to by a couple of key sources. They convinced me it was a hiking accident. But I found out later they were telling other people they knew it was a murder. I had this sickening feeling that I'd accidentally provided cover for a killer who could still be out there. So Jeremy contacted me earlier this year with a proposition. Would I go with him to Panama to help investigate and re-report the story to get to the bottom of what happened? Here's what really hooked me the first time I spoke with Jeremy. I went back to Panama again in 2017 and did a deeper dive into the possibility that it was a murder. But both times I investigated this case, I was under pressure, deadline pressure, to wrap up and, and draw conclusions on the jump. And I think there are just still unanswered questions. And I think we owe it to the victims and their families to be sure we get this right. That's why we need to go back one more time. It's not every day I get an offer to cover a story about Latin America, and specifically about women in Latin America. I think the story deserves someone who understands what it's like to be a woman in this part of the world. Whatever it is that happened to Chris in the Sand, missing or murdered, this story spoke to me. I jumped at the chance to shine a light on it. So we assembled a team and book traveled to Panama to learn the truth about what happened. But we could have never imagined what we would discover. From Cast Media, this is Lost in Panama, an investigative series about the mysterious deaths of Chris Kramers and Lisanne Frone. I'm Mariana Atencio. This is Episode 1, El Pianista. Subscribe to Cast Plus, where you can listen ad-free, and check out our Lost in Panama after-show episodes where Jeremy and I sit down to dissect this case in far more detail than we're able to get into the main show. There's so much more to talk about here. Rabbit trails we didn't have time for, and Jeremy and I dig deep in these after-show episodes. To listen to them, just go to castmedia.com slash castplus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Of the two friends, Chris, 21, was the more outgoing. 
She had long red hair and green eyes and an infectious smile. She'd recently graduated from university with a degree in social education. The Sand 22 was tall with dark blonde hair. A gifted athlete who had played on her college volleyball team. She'd recently earned a degree in applied sciences. She was also an experienced alpine hiker and a photography buff. And she brought along a plaid blue backpack to carry her camera and personal gear. Chris and the Sand had come to Boquete to volunteer with children and to learn Spanish. But their plans fell apart because both the language school and the teaching program were not ready for them. In her last diary entry made the day before she went missing, Chris recorded how she felt. We were not received openly and did not feel welcome at all, unexpectedly to us. We also did not understand what was exactly going on. It turned out that there was no place or work for us after all this week, so we couldn't start yet. It was really a huge disappointment. Well, let's go with the Panamanian flow then. The town of Boquete is very small. Maybe 15,000 people live here. The town is nestled in the cloud forests of Panama, between coffee farms and cow pastures. It's a popular spot for expats craving a little slice of paradise. With a quaint town square, it feels like going back in time. But there's also an eeriness here, knowing what happened to Chris in the sand. Boquete is a small town. Somebody here knows something. When Jeremy and I arrive in Boquete, eight years have passed since Chris and the Sand disappeared. Our plan is to retrace their steps as best we can. Today, we're hiking to the top of the Pianista Trail, the trail they were on when they vanished into thin air, to try and figure out why they didn't come back. It's a climb of about three miles, two hours, give or take. You go up, take in the amazing views, and come back down the way you came. It's one of the most popular hikes in Boquete, although it's not officially designated as a tourist trail. Once you're out there, though, you're on your own, unless you happen to encounter some of the indigenous folks who live in the area, or maybe a dog. A Siberian husky named Blue may well be the last creature to spend time with Chris in the sand. Pictures of Blue were even seen in the massive case file that we've been studying back at the hotel. A witness statement places Blue on the Pianista the same day Chris and the Sand went for their hike, April 1st, 2014. Exactly eight years ago today. Blue passed away several years ago, but his owner, Luis Downer, still works at his family's pizzeria at the base of the Pianista. He's in his late 20s and he's wearing a white chef's outfit when we interview him on his smoke break just outside the entrance of the Pianista Trail. He says Blue loved to hike the Pianista. He used to choose tourists. He just take someone and okay. do a little tour with them, the hiking, and then return back. And he would people. do that once a day? Once a day, every day. Every day? Every day. Blue may have accompanied Chris and Lasanne on their hike that day. Of course, Blue couldn't make a statement himself, so we can't know this for sure. But it sounds like a good bet. Because Luis tells us that at the end of the day, on April 1st, Blue did something really out of the ordinary. He came back down the mountain alone. I'm not sure if he went up with them, you know. 
but it's pretty weird that he did come back down with them. He came back down alone? Alone, yeah, mm -hmm. so it will be like almost the first time he did something like that, you know? Usually Blue didn't just follow tourists up the mountain. He makes sure they got back down as well. But not Chris in the sand. Two girls just take a hike by themselves and go up in the mountain. Uh, you don't have got no idea about it. This jungle is a cloud forest jungle. Yes. It's dangerous. It's really dangerous. You know, they get lost and, and get eaten by some animals. That's what everyone thinks happened. But, you know, it's a lot of gossip that maybe something else can be happen. Like what? Like, you know, I, I'm from a small little island in Bocas del Toro. I don't know, it was this American girl that yes. got lost in Red Frog Beach. The, yes, you know. Catherine Johannet. Catherine Johannet was an American backpacker who disappeared on a tourist trail in Bocas del Toro. That's about 40 miles from here. In fact, it's where Chris and the Sand were vacationing before they traveled to Boquete, the fairy tale island. Investigators found Catherine's body three days after she went missing in 2017. She had been assaulted and killed. She gets stopped by someone, so they know who is that someone, right? So it, it, it can happen here too, or it can happen anywhere. But it happens here a lot. In fact, since Jeremy and I first arrived in Panama, two local women have already gone missing. One woman in her 30s was just found murdered in nearby David. Her body was left in a dumpster. Apparently the 35-year-old woman was a victim of a neighbor who had been in love with her, a crime of passion, they're calling it. And then we just heard that a 19-year-old went missing yesterday. This kind of thing happens all the time. More than 50 women and girls have gone missing within a 40-mile corridor between Bocas and Boquete since 2009. Those are just the ones we know about. We put a map together that shows the number of women who have gone missing in this in this stretch of Panama since 2009. And there's over 50 unsolved cases of women who have just disappeared, who have been killed, and their bodies have been found. I mean, it's a staggering number. And it's not like that anywhere else in Panama or Central America, right? Like, just woman after woman, and many of them underage girls. One of the reasons I wanted to do this story was to give a voice to the huge number of missing and murdered women in Latin America. Why aren't we investigating these cases? Why isn't there more press? No one seems to care about these women. The sad fact is, when women of color turn up missing or dead in Latin America, nobody sends journalists down from the United States to investigate. Chris and the Sand were, in many ways, the ideal true crime victims for the media and consumers alike. They were young, they were white, they were beautiful. But on our first day in Panama, we're reminded that women die here every day. Thanks for listening to Lost in Panama. We'd really appreciate it if you subscribed, rated, and reviewed on Apple Podcasts. Gracias. Thank you so much. Mi gente, I am always on the go, go, go. As a journalist, a hustler, but that means that I would also rush through issues that I really needed to work on and pretend that I didn't need help. After a personal crisis, I hit rock bottom and started doing regular therapy. It worked wonders for me. 
I feel more confident, less stress, and I honestly look forward to it every week. My regular sesh is Friday online. It's like going to the spa for my brain to find my own solutions to problems. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and it's also entirely online. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Panama today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Panama. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. One of the last people to see Kristen Lassan alive is a woman named Martina. She's a member of the Gabe Bugle community in Boquete. It's the largest indigenous group in Panama, numbering about 250,000 people. Although most of them speak Spanish, they want nothing to do with the non-native Latinos who have oppressed them for centuries. Many Ungabe Bugle residents live in Alto Romero, a small, remote village you can't get to by car. It's about nine miles northeast of Boquete. But to get there, your only option is a 12-hour trek on foot through the jungle. And the first leg of that long journey is the Pianista Trail. Martina and her extended family occupy a cluster of wooden houses near where the Pianista begins. So we've come to find potentially the one of the last people to see the Dutch girls alive. Do you see her? I think she's right over there. We find Martina right where she was exactly eight years ago when she saw Kristen Lassan. She's washing clothes by hand in the stream that runs through her house. She's wearing a traditional Gabe Bugle Nagua, a bright red skirt and blouse, along with a shawl of many colors. We thread our way among chickens and dogs and playing children to talk with her. My name is Martina Urcado. She says she did see the two Dutch girls going up the trail, and she says she never thought that they would disappear after that. What do you think happened to them? She says it was definitely someone who killed them. She doesn't know who, but that it definitely wasn't the river or the animals. Porque usted piensa que la teoría de que se ahogaron en el río definitely not the river. The official stance of the Panamanian government is that Chris and the Sand were, quote, dragged to death in a river called the Rio Culebra. It's about an eight-hour hike from where we're standing, down the other side of the mountain, deeper into the jungle, away from Boquete. She says it's all lies, all government lies, that the girls drown in the river. Un señor por acá que trabaja de guía turismo americano. 
Te la mandó a callar, básicamente. Sí, ah, sí, sí, así me mandó callar. She says, right after the girls got lost, a man sí. who is a local guide, Feliciano, essentially told her to shut up about this case and not talk to anyone about the fact that she had seen the Dutch girls. Feliciano. I recognize that name from the case file and from my many conversations with Jeremy before this trip. Feliciano Gonzalez is the local tour guide who reported Chris and Lisanne missing. Why would he want anyone to keep quiet about this? And why is Martina so scared of him? This is infuriating. Like she even he even threatened her with the fact that she could end up in jail for telling the truth. You can hear the fear in Martina's voice. She speaks with us. She's visibly shaking. She says that she hopes that we can protect her because... Please cover me. Please protect me. From Martina's house, we continue walking through rolling pasture land to get to the Pianista trailhead. You can see the jungle-covered mountains rising up ahead. After a half a mile, there's a faded sign to mark where the Pianista begins. The sign is almost invisible, though, in the heavy foliage, and in any case, it's so weathered that nothing is legible anymore. This is where the trail starts, officially. We are literally retracing their steps on the same trail that they began mid-morning on April 1st, 2014. And it was supposed to be a moderately challenging trail. And it ended up being, I guess, one of the most talked about international mysteries. They stood the right here, went on what should have been a three-hour hike, and never were seen alive again. From here on out, the trail becomes very steep. The sun is bright, and there's not a cloud in the sky. It's a balmy 78 degrees. Chris and the Sands set out on a date just like this one. The rainy season would begin just a couple of weeks after their hike. But on April 1st, 2014, it was a gorgeous day. It's easy to close your eyes and imagine Chris and the Sands setting out. Shorts, tank tops, good hiking boots and the Sands blue backpack to carry their camera and other supplies. This backpack will be found, along with some scant remains, more than two months after they disappeared on the far side of the mountain, near the village of Alto Romero. Yeah, the village that's a 12-hour walk from here. How did their stuff wind up on the other side of the mountain so far away? And why didn't they come back down the Pianista? That's what we're here to find out. The Pianista is challenging. There are boulders and tree roots to climb over. It's rocky and slippery. As we get further in, we're hiking up tight ravines that cut through moss-covered walls on both sides. There's just no place to stop, you know? You feel like you're going up a flight of stairs. And it's infinite. So you know why they call it the Pianista? Yeah, because it's like ladder-like steps that keep Undulating. This is endless, though. El pianista, the pianist. It's like climbing up piano keys one after another until you finally reach the top. The trail's a solid climb, but Chris and the Sand made excellent time up the pianista. Maybe you're wondering how we know this. Remember the blue backpack that turned up near Alto Romero? The Sand's digital camera was found inside. 
It had time-stamped photos of Chris in the sand on this very trail. They started up the mountain around 11 a.m. on April 1st. They were at the summit, the Mirador, at about 1 p.m. when everything seemed fine. No apparent problems on the way up. But then something must have gone very wrong. I was actually thinking that it reminds me of the trail in Caracas in the Avila Mountains where I got assaulted. When Jeremy first told me about how Chris and the Sand vanished from this trail, I couldn't stop thinking about what happened to me on a very similar trail back in my hometown in Venezuela. Um, the hike that I did, and it's probably, I don't know, 20 minutes up, 20 minutes down. This guy passed me, and, uh, and I, he, the way he looked at me, something in my gut did not sit well. To the point where I like pretended to tie my shoelaces, but then he must have been watching me the whole way because he like jumped out of the woods when I was coming down. It's a big part of the reason why I decided to come on this trip. And I was 23, so similar age as Lisanne and Chris. There's two schools of thought about what happened to Chris and Lisanne. One is that they ran into some bad luck on the trail. They got lost, got stuck, got injured. The other is that they ran into some bad people. It happened to me when I was 23. Maybe it happened to them. Ironically, halfway to the Mirador, we spot two young women on the trail. European tourists, just like Chris and the Sand. They're both 22 years old, just like the Sand, and one of them is even a redhead, just like Chris. Shit. Two tourists passed and went up this way. Hola! Hola! Hello! That's the wrong way! It's a little eerie running into these two women on the anniversary of Chris and Lissana's disappearance. They don't have a guide. They're obviously a little lost. They seem relieved to see us and join our group. Everybody on the way told us to be careful and, oh, maybe it's too late because it was like 1 p.m. when Mm -hmm. we started going. And first, I didn't really take it that serious. I was like, oh, that's fine. Like, they're just overreacting. Like, we'll be fine. And um, when we got here, it started, we kind of started to get nervous. We tell them we're doing a story about Chris and the Sand. They don't know it's the anniversary of their disappearance. And that really frightens them. I just read on a blog, they found the foot inside the boot. And that was just like, I don't know, it was just so scary to read because you just kind of picture it in your head. There's something so so mysterious about this case, you know? Yeah. It's definitely very, very mysterious and that's what yeah. makes it even scarier, I think, because there's no one who could, like, really tell you how the story actually went. Talking to these European tourists is a window into Chris and the Sands' fatal trip eight years later. Jackie and Caroline are best friends from Germany. You know, when Jackie moved to Panama a couple of years back, they kept talking about planning an adventure together. In fact, just like Chris on the Sand, Caroline was saving up money working at a coffee shop and used it to fund this trip with her friend. And they've been having a great time in Boquete, for the most part. What have you guys been up to, or have you gotten like invited places? <laughs> we went so, out last night. Yeah, we went yeah. out last night. <laughs> I had fun, really nice people. Um, there were some people that, you know, look at you, they think you look good, they don't hide it, they're very, like, direct, they don't care if you feel uncomfortable, I feel like. 
when someone yells after me like flaca or whatever i'm like you know my body makes like because you don't know if they mean it in like a sexist way or in a like friendly way they say just like wow she's most beautiful thing i've mm. seen and you know but if a girl doesn't react to your advances yeah, yeah you should just stop if you say no once i think it should mm. be no listen I'm a proud Latina, and I love our culture. Amo a mi gente. But that doesn't change the fact that women are treated like property throughout much of the region. It's the way you dress, the way you behave. It all comes under scrutiny. If you drink or smoke or party too hard and mix company, that can be taken as a sign of promiscuity. It's then seen as acceptable to punish or shame women because they, quote, asked for it. And this culture of sexism and machismo is tied to the epidemic of femicide in Latin America. As women, do you feel that we're an easier target in these places? Definitely. Definitely. There's no one around. Like, we could literally just get killed and nobody cares. Like, there's not going to be, like, you know, I mean, we just disappear and that's it. Lisanne and Chris made headlines, but there are so many other women. There's two... I think more than two dozen women in the last couple mm. of years that have disappeared and nobody cares. There's one mm. that disappeared in David like two days ago. Nobody cares. Mm. It's not covered on the press. It's like we're expendable, right? Yeah. It's like we can disappear and poof, it's like true. that. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As we near the Mirador with Jackie and Caroline, things get ominous. Heavy mist rolls in and blots out the sun, the temperature drops, and because we've been sweating, it seems colder than it is. I've been hearing thunder, yes, for the last few minutes. The rain is coming. The mud is also coming. Whew. Do you hear that? These puddles, the water starting to accumulate. Fog is everywhere. You can't see anything. It's like trying to see through milk. Wow, look at this fog. That's why they call it the cloud forest. Finally, after more than two hours, we make it to the top of the mountain, the Mirador. Getting some fresh air. Elisa, the planet just disappeared over there. This Look at is the, nothing. Can you see the cloud blowing in here? It's amazing. Zeus! Echale, soplale! Soplale, vampiro! Echale, vampiro! It's a Mana reference. <laughs> Woo! Look at this. All right, that's amazing. What's less clear is what you're supposed to do next. Jeremy tells me this is where you're supposed to turn around and go back down the way you came. There's no sign to tell you that this is the end of the pianista. O sea, this is it the end? Is it? Well, this oh, is the end of the tourist trail. Oh, like, the tourist for the trail? Park map. Right. 
continue. How do like you this. know it's the end, though? It, that's just it. They might not have. They might not have. It's known not it as easy. Yet. I thought that it was going to be like very clear. Not, not like clearly defined. Yes, for sure, they continued on. We know where some of the pictures were taken on the other side. Chris and Lasan reached the Mirador at approximately one in the afternoon on April first. They took pictures of each other at the top, exuberant and posing with the view behind them. Happy and unharmed, no sign of trouble. Judging by the timestamps on the photos, they were at the Mirador for about 15 minutes. If they would have turned around and hiked back down, they would have returned to the trailhead before dark, probably around 3 o'clock, at which point they would have taken a taxi back to Boquete. But instead, they went down the other side of the mountain. It's a dangerous trail for tourists with difficult terrain. This is where the trail becomes a very different entity. It becomes this rugged, indigenous footpath, but there's no indication that you're not supposed to go down there. But we know Chris and Lasan went this way because of the photos they took, mostly of Chris looking a lot less happy than she did at the Mirador. There are two photos taken just a few minutes into their descent, one of the trail and one of Chris. Then a half-hour gap, then two more photos of Chris, taken just before 2 o'clock. And that's it. No more photos from April 1st. We don't know what happened next. At the Mirador, there's a memorial to Chris in the sand. Photos and heartfelt words in Dutch and Spanish tacked to a tree. A red cross made of iron is set deep in the earth. It has both of their names on it and wildflowers growing all around it. This cross was not here before, I've been told. It says April 1st, 2014, and today is April 1st, 2022, so eight years. Nobody knows what happened to Lisanne and Chris. Um, and just being here, you feel the frustration with this case. Why did they disappear? What happened to them? It's just very eerie to be here on the day of the anniversary. It's getting late, and although we don't want to hike back in the dark, we do want to check out the other side of the mountain. That's why we've come all this way. Maybe if we keep following in the footsteps of Chris and Lasanne, we'll have a better idea of why they didn't make it back. We start slowly down the deep path, heading away from Boquete. This path is noticeably more difficult, muddy, and steep. In places, you can't even see the canopy. The mud here is twice as deep. Wings to your shoes. Did they think that the trail looped around and would have brought them back to Boquete? Fortunately, that's not the case. The trail does not come back to Boquete. It's possible Chris and Lasanne took this trail by mistake. By the time they realized they'd gone the wrong way, they were too tired or it was too late for them to hike all the way back. In April, the sun sets in Panama at 7. It gets dark even earlier in the jungle. And every step we take down this trail is two more steps between us and Boquete. Our team loses cell reception just minutes into our descent down the far side of the Mirador just as Chris and Lasanne presumably did eight years ago. So we test this by trying 911 about 20 minutes into our journey from the top to see if emergency calls would go through. They don't. The signal is smothered by the walls of the ravine. It says it's dialing. 
but there's no connection. As you can see, this call is not going through. So there's no help. If you get hurt out here, you couldn't reach anyone. And we're just 20 minutes into this narrow passage. No help is coming. The trail runs through a narrow canyon with high, must-covered rock walls on both sides. Mud is so deep that in some places it comes up over the top of our boots. Just look at how narrow this is. This is ridiculous. Imagine when it rains hard and the water just comes rushing through Shit. there. It'll just take you with it. In several places, the rock walls are so high that you couldn't even climb out if you wanted to. There's like no way out. Like you can either go front or back. Mm. You could run back, but it's very like um, rocky. So running, you would fall, you would trip, you would hurt yourself. If you get into a dangerous situation, you can't. There's really no way out. Escape, yeah. yeah. We could definitely see Chris in the sand getting injured here. This trail is tough. Rocks, moss, mud, rain. It wouldn't be hard to slip and sprain an ankle. And then what? I wonder what Jackie and Caroline would do in that situation. They're out here in this jungle, just like Chris in the sand. And if not for us, they'd be all alone. So imagine Carolyn had turned her ankle and and was in pain and and couldn't walk. Jackie, what would you do? Um, Well, I would try to go down with her, like, together, you know. And first, I I would, like, try to find a spot where I would have, like, reception. But if it was so bad that she couldn't walk? I think I, if I was Jackie. I would, like, I, try to take I her think, up. Like, yeah, I don't know if it would be responsible to leave someone alone. No, yeah. So I think I wouldn't do that. But I think it might be, like, I don't, I don't think I could carry you out. So maybe yeah. I would have to, like, go as fast as I can and maybe yeah. try to get help. Yeah, the thing is with this case is that there was two of them. And this is challenging, but there were two healthy, young women, good physical condition, and they were together. So if something did happen to them, why didn't the other one just go for help? Right. That's, that's kind of like the, what's infuriating and about this mystery. How can that have happened to two people? And if it did happen, why weren't they found? The steepness of the grade, the constant ups and downs, and all the loose rocks make the trail a death trap after dark. We don't want to get stuck out here after sundown, so we turn around and start making our way back to Boquete. Racing daylight as loose rocks slip under us? I mean, I have an idea of what it might have been like for Chris in the sand. Out on the trail alone, with night coming. As we stumble further down the trail, down the Pianista side of the mountain, we run into an Ugabe man. He tells us he's planning to take shelter in a nearby hut until morning. Apparently not even the indigenous locals hike this trail at night. Nobody likes the dark, and you just get more nervous. You feel like someone's behind you, and all the sounds, like the nature sounds, seem so scary, even though during the day they seem so nice. We're trying to unravel this mystery. But in this moment, thinking about Chris and the sound, I feel for them. I keep thinking about them alone here, and it's petrifying. 
or not alone, which or is not even alone. more petrifying. Yeah. They must have been so scared. Yeah, no matter what happened, I accident or foul play, they must that. just have been very They terrifying. must have been terrified. We came up here to the Pianista to find out what would have prevented Chris and the sand from coming back down. We've learned it's not obvious once you get to the top that you're supposed to turn around and come back the way you came. We know Chris and the sand went down the other side of the mountain, maybe by mistake. Maybe they didn't know they'd reached the end of the trail. Maybe they thought the trail looped back to Boquete. Maybe by the time they realized they were lost, it was too late to come back. In this vast jungle, the possibilities are endless. We suspected they lost cell service after crossing the Mirador, and we just proved they did. And the trail on the other side is treacherous. It would have been real easy for one of them to get injured. But both of them? In any case, what a terrible place to be caught as daylight was waning. Without reception, they couldn't even make a call for help. They may have hunkered down for the night, waiting for daylight, just like the Ungabe Bugle man we passed on the way back down. We know that as the sun was starting to set, they did try to call emergency services on the evening of the 1st. Maybe to let someone know they were there. Maybe they realized they were going to need help to be rescued. But would that help come? How would anyone be able to locate them? More on that next time. Usually, when people get lost, they find them or they find something. A lot of people are really scared and really concerned that uh, we're going to find these two young girls alive. His wife was in the Changuinola River when, among the undergrowth and stones, she found a small backpack. This backpack is found in a rice paddy, supposedly. And I say supposedly because that's what they are saying, and I don't believe them. The photos that were in the camera mm-hmm. were very interesting. There was a lot of rumors for a long time, but once they found the, the backpack, it really got interesting. Lost in Panama is hosted by me, Mariana Atencio, with original reporting by Jeremy Kreit and Mariana Atencio, written by Jeremy Kreit and Trent K. Maverick, chief investigative correspondent Jeremy Kreit. Produced by Trent K. Maverick. Executive producers Colin Thompson and Julian Favre. Supervising producer DJ Lubel. Co-producer Mona Hassan. Associate producer Lenora Quiñones. Translator Lenora Quiñones. Editing by Stephen Perez, Anton Dodi, and Alex Gonzalez. Mixing and mastering by Matt Sul. Travel and Logistics Coordinator, Brooke MacArthur. On-site audio recording by Richard Carlos. On-site photography by Luis Iga Garza. Original music written by Colin Thompson. Orchestration, arrangement, and additional compositions by Andrew Gerliger and Jesse Haugen. Music recorded at the Resort Studios. Music engineered by Caleb Morris. Assistant engineer, Jordan DiDonato. Instrumentalists, Matt Ordaz, Phil Glenn, Laura Bedall, Jennifer Wu, 
Jean Paul Barjon, Sam Solorsano, Jesse Haugen, and Trevor Gomez. Additional music from Blue Dot Sessions and APM. Cover art by Paula Henches. Special assistance by Elizabeth Muñoz, Martin Eduardo Ferrara O'Donnell, Pamela Soledad Adaro, Mayra Alejandra Madrid Rodríguez, Antonio Quiroz, Balbino Samudio, Max de Arles Rovira, and Atmed Villarreal. Special thanks to Harper Colton, Peisha Eaton, Natalie Gregory, Trey Schultz, Hannah Smith. Thanks for listening to Lost in Panama. We hope the story means as much to you as it does to us. We'd really appreciate it if you subscribed, rated, and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Gracias. Thanks so much. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus